Podcast friends, my name is David Lee, and you're listening to the Inspire Design Create Podcast, giving freelance filmmakers a voice, sharing their stories, and connecting the world of cinematography, commercial filmmaking, and starting your own business together. Let's go. <clears throat> mic check one, mic check one, mic check one. Podcast friends, what is going on? David Lee here. We are uh, back. We are present with a brand new uh, week, brand new podcast episode. Actually, this is the end, the end of the week, uh, as the week has just been crazy, right? Like every week, uh, work has picked backed up significantly. Um, I think I hope that's the case for everyone too, um, at least for my network of friends that uh, that I work with. Um, yeah, work has just been picking back up. I'd say since March. Uh, and yeah, for me, that was pretty much, um, at least the case for me, right? Like March, things started to pick back up. Um, February, no, actually I take that back. February is when things started to pick back up. Um, March is when things started to kind of roll back in. And then April was just like everything flooded back in. And my May has already been, um, uh, surprisingly busy, right? As, and like, you know, just because of COVID, and uh, with more vaccination. So I think I was just kind of surprised that like with with everything, you know, all it takes just for a little vaccine, right? And then everything's back to normal. Anyways, we are not talking about that. Today we are talking about um, $1,000 gear versus $10,000 gear. And does it matter? Is there a difference? If you have, you know, say $10,000 worth of gear, do you get more clients? Do you get better clients, right? Uh, or uh, do you not really need, need any of that kind of equipment? And the... It's a, it's a convoluted answer, right? It's a very um, it's a very difficult answer because it really isn't like a yes or no, um, as in like white white and black, right? There's always that little gray area, uh, and for for the most part, right? I would say like ninety percent of the time, when you're starting out, you know, first year, second year, third year, kind of getting kind of getting into your fourth year. Uh, it doesn't really matter, right? You could have, you know, a thousand dollars worth of gear and you're fine. Uh, that could be like your entire lighting, camera, and audio package, right? You're probably doing one man band stuff, interviews, corporate stuff, uh, live events, um, weddings, uh, the whole shebang, right? Uh, and you can get away with a thousand dollar, a thousand dollars worth of budget, right? Because typically. Like if if you put it in the perspective of of a client budget, right? And I always put things into into that kind of perspective, because the client budget will, at the end of the day, will dictate your budget, right? And that doesn't necessarily dictate your skill or your talent or your work ethic or your professionalism. It, it, the budget is the budget, right? And there really there really isn't anything. Um, uh, there really isn't anything more to say than that, right? Unfortunately. Um, so again, you know, your first, you know, one to four years, one to three years, um, if you have a really, really interesting eye and you're a go-getter and you can network uh, really, really, uh, really efficiently, really fast, uh, might be only one year or two years, right? Uh, but let's just say for the most part, if you're working like anything less than a $5,000 budget, right? Maybe you're working $2,000 budgets, $1,500 budgets, right? Like the whole budget from production to post-production, right? Um, you know, it's 50-50. 50% of the time, they don't really care what camera you use or what lights you have, right? They just want to, they just want you to make it look good. They just want you to make the project to look good. Um, other 50% of the time, you got clients that are just delusional, right? They want you to shoot on a Red or an Alexa or something like that. 
for you know a fifteen hundred dollar total budget, uh, total project budget. All right. So does it make sense if you actually own like say for that instance, right? So you have uh, those types of clients that again their total budget is like fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand dollars, and they're asking you to shoot like on a Red or an Alexa, right? Um, if you're at least in the LA area, a mini LF last time I, I saw, uh, an, a mini LF package was like a thousand dollars, right? So if you think about that, you're going to spend a thousand dollars just to rent a camera. And that leaves you with, you know, uh, after like the, uh, what is it? Like the insurance, um, uh, the insurance fee, you're left with like $200 left for budget, right? that's not necessarily the best use of your money, right? And especially like, you know, I think it's really important for certain projects to rent, um, to rent, say, a mini LF or a Red Gemini, right? If the project you already know is going to be really cool, right? It's going to be a really cool project. You're okay taking a hit with your day rate because this one project um, could get you the opportunity to... Um, to to really showcase your work right like you get a good crew you get good lighting gear you got good locations you your pre-production you know what time of day you're shooting at all that kind of jazz right and that you know mini lf or red gemini or monster or whatever you could put on your reel you could put on your profile saying yeah you know i have shot a uh, a short film on a mini lf or i've shot a commercial a 60 second spot on a red gemini or whatever it is right monstro uh if it's not that if it's like, you know, little uh, fashion boutique shop down the street, th- they don't need a red. They don't need an Alexa. You know what I'm saying? Like your your GH5, your Blackmagic Pocket 4K is more than enough for their little 30 second Instagram stuff. All right. <laughs> so, um, again, in the beginning, it doesn't matter. Right. Get get the gear that is going to benefit you. If you're doing a lot of one man band type of type of projects, what kind of gear fits that, right? You need you need a camera, you need a set of lenses or maybe just two zoom lenses, something like that. Uh, you need some lights, you know, something like an Aperture 120D2, um, a Forza 300, right? Uh, maybe some smaller little tube lights like the Nanolite Pavo tubes, the 15C or the 30C, very inexpensive now. Uh, you need audio, right? So some kind of like boom mic uh, for interviews. Like you can even get a, a used Rode NTG2, which is what you're hearing now, a little through a Zoom H4N Pro, which is what I'm using right now. Still using this thing, right? These 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 mics are so old, right? And the recorder's so old, but it works, right? Um, uh, you need, you know, a C stand, some heavy duty light stands, right? Some basic stuff that, you know, probably you're not going to spend, you're going to spend more than $1,000, right? Uh, your camera alone is probably going to be, a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks, right? Um, but you know, maybe maybe it's a different situation, right? Maybe maybe you're just starting off camera and like a kit lens, uh, and you're just using natural light, right? And that's how I started, right? I didn't really have any lights; it was just a camera, kit lens, a nifty fifty, and then I was off to the races. Um, very very slow races, but I was off to the races, right? Now later on, right? When you're working with higher budgets, you're working with right? Then the gear does matter at that point, right? Because the the scope of the project is usually larger. Meaning you're shooting, you know, multiple locations, you're shooting um, in in very harsh conditions, right? Not to say you aren't shooting in in harsh conditions and lower budgets, uh, but you're shooting in conditions where that dynamic range really helps out the client. It really helps out the project, right? That those extra three stops in the highlights really help out if you're on the Mini LF or even an FS7, right? And you're used to shooting on like a Sony 
uh, a7 III or something like that, or maybe it's a you have an old GH4, right? Um, and the the crews are usually a little bit larger, right? You actually have a proper gaffer, a proper key grip, maybe an extra, maybe two more in grip, uh, one or two more in electric. You have a first AC, a second, um, and and so with that being said, those types of projects you you have more of a budget to work with. And usually the gear matters, right? You like say the director needs a lot of moving shots, right? And um, you don't own a movie or a Ronin too. You only thing you own is like again a small little mirrorless camera and a Ronin or like a, a crane two something like that, right? Uh, so that's that's in the case where you need to hire a movie operator. Uh, and then you need to hire, or if you at least own the camera, then you can use it. If you don't own the camera, then you're going to rent the camera. Um, lights, you know, you're not going to be bringing on, you know, three Aperture 300Ds, right? Maybe uh, for certain things, but you're probably going to be renting out some big lights because the gaffer has big lights. So at that point, the gear does matter. You don't necessarily need to own the gear, um, but overall, the, t- the totality of the gear does matter, right? Having like, say, $100,000 um, worth of gear. You don't you don't need to own that if you're again if you're like a small production company maybe you want to own a mini LF because you're getting mini LF projects you're working um, you know half a million dollar um, commercial projects or you know hundred thousand dollar commercial projects right so it makes sense for you to own a mini LF because you can you can tack that on to rental um, the rental rate rather than you having to go pay someone else and give them money for rental rate right um, so I, I I think at the end of the day the moral of this podcast story is if you're starting out um, figure out exactly what it is that you need that's going to benefit you and your clients right the kind of clients that you're working with right now Um, and then as the years progress you're going to kind of see okay the budgets you know should be getting higher and higher and higher and then based upon that what kind of uh, what are the equipment needs does it make sense for you to own an entire rental house worth of gear uh, or does it make sense for you? Um, like for me, uh, I don't, I don't, that, that isn't me. Right. And I think I've said this on the previous podcast, um, investing in, in, in gear, but it doesn't make sense for me to own like an entire rental house worth of gear. Right. I get hired based upon my skill and as a cinematographer. Right. And if that speaks to you, uh, then, then I highly encourage you to, you know, in the beginning, like you don't have to own everything. You don't have to own like the brand new Aperture 600D or Forza 500 or an Aperture Nova or any of these big ass fucking lights, right? You don't need to have $15,000 worth of cinema lenses. You don't need that. Um, as the years progress and you start to see that you're renting that type of stuff more, then maybe it makes sense for you to own, you know, one 600D or um, to go all in on a set of cine lenses because you're renting them like all the time or a camera, right? You're renting that camera all the time. Why not just buy that camera, uh, get a loan or, you know, save up over the years and get that camera so that eventually you can start um, renting that camera out, right? And making a little bit more income that way. Um, so I hope that helps you guys out. Pretty sure and simple um, episode, but I think it, this one kind of brings a lot of value because um, especially for any of you out there who are just starting out, like you're getting your feet wet, you're, re- you're really trying to figure out what the hell am I doing uh, in this whole film and video production career, profession, cinematography that you're, that you're trying to, uh, to to manifest for yourself, right? Um, it's difficult because you see everyone else who's been doing it for like even five years, right? And they're using 
um, the fancy camera, the fancy lenses, and the easy rig, and, and they got the lights coming in through the window. They got the 4K and the 6K, and they got you know 12 by 12 and all that kind of shit. And you're like, man, I don't have any of that kind of stuff. Like, do I need that kind of stuff? You start asking yourself that, um, and the answer is no. You're just starting out. Like, like get good at your craft, right? If your craft is cinematography, is that what you want to be? If that is your career path, um, cinematographer, director of photography, like learn lighting right learn natural light learn um how like see if you have two windows in your room or your living room and a certain time of day the sun comes through those windows what does it look like if you just pull the curtains up what does it look like if you pull the curtains halfway up what does it look like if you put shears in front of the curtains what does it look like if um if you put your camera there and you're like holy shit like i have to be if i want to shoot at say like an f2 on my on my lens um uh, I need a shitload of fucking light inside in order to compensate for that, right? So you start to like, like do those things, right? Learn your craft, learn, be be a practitioner of cinematography. Um, and and as the as the time goes on, none of this stuff comes fast, man. All of it takes time, right? All of it takes time. Uh, but as 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 your career progresses, as time progresses, uh, you'll start to see and you'll start to understand what you need um, to help you in your in your projects in your career path and in your business right uh what is anything new um not so much you know again work uh hype beast has been calling me back for a few uh few pro few pro, uh, a few few projects uh we just wrapped one for illegal civ any any if any of you cannot speak if any of you are in the la area and you're skaters you kind of know illegal civilization they're they're, uh, they're doing some pretty big things. They just finished, um, or they will be releasing their uh, their feature film. And so the hypebeast diaries that um, that I was brought on to DP was kind of like talking about, um, you know, the struggles of like independent financing and distribution for a film, right? Because I think, I think they had like a $2 million budget or something like that, uh, or like around there, right? Uh, but they, they went the um, traditional route of financing and, and, and distributing it. Um, and it was not easy, right? So that episode is kind of like devoted to not necessarily like skaters. It's really anyone that kind of like wants to do something in Hollywood when it comes to filmmaking. And, you know, they're going through all the loopholes and they're like frustrated. And 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 so hopefully this Diaries episode will help inspire um, other filmmakers, right? It's just kind of cool that it was, it was a skater who did it of all people, right? And like uh, Mikey, who's the um founder of illegal civ the guy's only like 26 something like that right so he early right young and he does and to get his first feature film out pretty dope uh and then uh what else um probably in the next month or two you should be seeing some way shape or form um, some new gear on on my end just because it's you know like like i say again right as time progresses as your career progresses um the the scope of the projects are getting a little bit larger and the gear starts to get a little bit more, more nuanced, right? A little more granular. And you need certain things um, that, I guess a good segue for this is, is after time, you'll learn like, you know, if you can use a light for your um, business stuff and your passion stuff, that's a very good, uh, very good investment to make, right? Two for one. I love two for ones. All right. That is it for me, friends. I will catch you guys in the next podcast episode. If you liked this episode, please rate it. I'd appreciate it. Subscribe if you feel like you like these weekly uh, little 10, 20-minute podcasts. 
uh, interviews I have been have been lackluster. I apologize for that. Um, it's just really hard to like schedule things with um, everything happening with uh, with with my mom right now and her cancer has has progressed rapidly. Uh, so I'm just trying to spend as much time with her as I have left. Uh, I hope that resonates with some of you out there. Um, but again, I, I got my interview list. I'm just trying to make it work, trying to trying to make the, the timing work of everything. Uh, but yeah, share the podcast with everyone you feel could benefit from it. And I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. Bye-bye.